And everyone, welcome. This is the Five Pointer. Glad to have you back after uh, our very first episode last week. Uh, this is episode two. We're going to get right into the swing of things. I um, mean, just one second. Hambone, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Pretty fired up, ready to talk about some of these topics we got listed. Yeah, man. Uh, we're going to, like I said, I'm very excited to talk about the topics. We have hand selected five main points that we're going to be discussing today in the Schmodown universe. And then at the, uh, the end of those five topics, uh, we have a Patreon submitted question. Each topic will consist of five minutes of us going back and forth. I'm, going, I'm cutting right into it. I'm not wasting any time. Hambone. They know the rules. We know what's up. We're cutting right down the brass tacks. Hit us with the first question. All right. Last week's pay-per-view, we had Shazam versus Final Exam and Merle versus Ethan. What was your thoughts on those matches? Uh, okay, so Shazam versus Final Exam, I have to eat crow. I got to eat crow right now because last week I did say that I thought that Shazam was going to suffer from ring rust. Uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, the kid did miss the first two questions, I believe, or two out of three. Um, and then after that, he seemed like he just kicked the dust right off of him and they went off to the races. Amazing um, undercard match that we got to see. Shazam, Bibiani looked dominant as as, as normal. He definitely knew uh, he, he was there to kind of get the kid under control. You saw the, kinda, the kid was a little bit jittery. I know this is the first time they were doing the digital format. But... Um, it was a great match, and, and final exam, they played just as I thought that they would play. It's unfortunate that we won't be able to see them to play anymore because I was really digging Lon's character, um, and I love the way that he's been playing with Oyama. But I do think I want if I could say something, I think that a lot of teams should take note about how Oyama and Lon play together, um, especially when it came to the digital format. I think that they honestly have the best rapport between uh between teammates when it comes to the digital format that i think everyone should start to take note of and uh that that uh that's kind of my thoughts on that match but the big one that we need to talk about is of course uh merle versus ethan Irwin. um fantastic match had me at the edge of my seats everyone watched it obviously if you haven't watched it what are you doing um that match was phenomenal it's exactly what we thought it was sudden death four or five questions of sudden death Heavy, heavy end. Uh, those two played very competitively. And shout out to Sam Levine for uh, kind of, you know, there was some gripe about the very last question that Merle won on about the article of, of being in there. Shout out to Sam Levine for kind of kicking that to the side. We're not getting like, he, he's like, no, we're not pushing that argument today. And even though he is, you know, petty wop to the fullest, he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. That was my thoughts um, on, on that match. Look, actually, because we actually last week we agreed on a lot of things. I'm gonna have to eat crow as well because I said pretty much the same thing as you. We we both even pointed out the ring rust thing, and it looked like our thoughts had come to fruition, right? It looked like that we had read the crystal ball because the kid did come out not very good, but then all of a sudden he got his foot and he started coming back and he started playing better. He had the old big daddy. You know, the beast Bibliani right there next to him, like just fathering him on through mm -hmm. this whole thing. Uh, nah, it was a really good match. Uh, they had the internet issues, which is crazy, probably caused by the Shmominati. We'll never know. Uh, you got Lon <laughs> out there in the middle of the desert trying to answer questions. Like, I get it why he had a little bit of technical difficulties. Bibliani looked like he was in fast forward and time stop half the time. But 
But all that being said, I do have to give, you know, Christian and Ellis a lot of props because when wheels start to fall off, sometimes they fall completely off, right? All four of the tires could have fell off during this instance, and they only got a flat tire, right? They were able to repair it and keep going. And by all accounts, it went smooth, pretty good uh, throughout, even with the internet issues that they had. So that does prove that if they do have a little bit of technical issues, that it won't fall apart, that it can still be put together. I like the match. That match was good. The tag team match I thought was very uh, fitting. It was very well done. Both teams came to play. You know what? One of them had to lose, and this time it had to be final exam. Ethan versus Merle to me could possibly be up there with the match of the year if it wasn't for Merle Bateman in Atlanta because this match was really solidly played all the way up to the point, and it was just crazy how – they, they're tied going into the final round. They both missed their five-pointer. And that makes it go to sudden death. That that actually added some excitement that they missed it, right? It was like, oh, man, one dude just missed his five. Like, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen? And then the other guy missed his five, and it's like, oh, crap. We're just dealing with two of the best players in the league, two of the best players with the best records in the league, and both of them miss a five-pointer that causes overtime. The one thing that I took away from this is how amazing it is that Dan Murrow's played two overtime matches this year. They both at least went three to four questions in on both, right? It didn't just happen on the first or second question. It went a few questions in. Both times, Dan Murrow's life experiences have gotten him the victory. Because if you remember back in Atlanta, he won that match because – he happened to remember working at Blockbuster and seeing the poster for the movie. And in this one, the song that was the answer to the question is him and Mara's, him and Mara's song. Mm-hmm. But well played, Max. Well, I mean, there's not a lot you can say about this. This was actually a pretty solid pay-per-view. It, it really was. And if I could just tack on one last thing, I do want to say that strategy really played big in this one. And I don't want to spend too much time on it, but if you go back and watch it, the strategy that Merle used saved him in this match, especially when it came down to that betting round. Um, that betting round, betting two instead of one, <clears throat> saved him on the the speed round. Uh, saved him on the speed round with only answering nine, and Irwin coming in with the entire ten got them tied up. Uh, great strategy, whether it's January, April, or May. Uh, it does. I don't know what those mean, but it was a fantastic move uh, by Merle and uh, Dagnino to go ahead and bet that too. That to me was the highlight of the entire paper. They had for the points they were betting. Yeah, those, those were absolutely amazing. Um, I love that. It was it was absolutely fantastic. But that was last week. Uh, we're going to be moving. We're going to be shifting gears a little bit uh, now. Hambone. <sighs> I know that you're a big fan of Mark Riley. I know that you're a big fan of Mark Riley. And this week, this Friday, they have another pay-per-view match where Mark Riley and Ben the Boss Babin, who's the boss, take on the very same team that we just talked about in Shazam uh, this Friday in the undercard match. My question to you is, and I may know the answer, who you got? Well, let me tell you something. It's not just because I love my man, Mark Yodi Riley. And I think he possibly is going to be putting a belt on each of his shoulders this year. Cause I'm really high into him in the tournament that's coming up, but it's not just because of my love for Mark Riley that I'm going to be going. Who's the boss here. 
because one of the things that I saved to talk about until this section was what I did see with Shazam, even though they came out with a victory, I saw a very worried, a very nervous, a very pacing back and forth across the screen. Like they even had to like tell him the mutest mic when he wasn't talking because he was breathing too hard into the mic. And I'm talking about the kid. The kid looked disheveled, even though he was getting a decent amount of the answers correct and stuff like that. He, he, he looked just super jittery, like, like he was super nervous for some reason. And he shouldn't be with this many matches under his car. I mean, I get it. It's a little bit different. The internet thing, maybe that pulled it a little bit you know, further into it. But I'm just telling you right now, I'm going with who's the boss because you have one of the greatest strategizers of all time on that team and someone with a lot of natural ability, the first ever movie trivia showdown champion, Mark Riley, involved in this team. So you know what they're doing. And I've never seen them get disheveled like I've seen the kid did this past week. Like I said, they won. Congratulations. But there were times where the bibs, I wasn't joking around. There were times where bibs had to be the father. He had to be the father in this last match. Like, oh, kid, don't worry about it. It'll be cool. It'll be fine. And for him to be like that, look, man, he's got to step it up. He's got to get the confidence the kid does. I don't think he has it right now. I think he should for whatever reason, whether it be the internet matches and having to do it that way or what. He just looks disheveled. He looks a little bit out of it. And because of that, I'm having to pick who's the boss. And, of course, because I love Mark Robin. You're tripping. You're tripping. No. Absolutely not. Okay. There's there's a classic saying, fool me once, shame on you, and fool can't get fooled again. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Last week, I slept on Shazam. I said, man, they're not going to have a chance uh, in, in, in any, any possible universe that they can win that match. And they showed up. Okay. Yeah, the kid had an off game. I'm going to tell you something. Riley has had several off games. Okay. And there have been plenty of times where Ben Babin had to bring him back to. I don't care. You're saying Bibiani was acting like a dad. I say that Bibiani was acting like a, a real teammate when it came to the kid. Yeah. The kid looks up to Bibiani. That's his mentor. And it showed. That's what a mentor does. When he sees you struggling, he's going to come in. He's going to grab you. He's going to say, come on, man. We're going to get this. And that's what's going to happen this Friday. If you was not paying attention, Bibiani, did you not see his level of play? Did you not see that level of play with Bibiani? Okay. On Ben Bateman's best days, it's very, very difficult for him to go up against a, uh, a Mr. Beast in that kind of fashion. He was absolutely terrifying. And what it's going to come down to, and you're talking about him, is the kid. And I believe that the kid is going to have a better day than Mark Riley. And I love Mark to death. But I do not believe that Mark Riley will outshine the kid that much because we can say that Bibiani and Bateman are going to, you know, pretty much be even keel. It's going to come down to the, the those secondary guys, and that's Mark Riley and the kid. And I think that the kid is is going to have Mark Riley's number. What do you think? Look, no, it's not going to happen that way. I'm telling you, man. If the kid comes in anywhere in the same mental capacity that he came in this last match, Bibbs isn't going to be able to save him. Bateman is sitting over there. Look, Bateman watched that match just like I did. Bateman sat there and saw that kid acting like he was acting and being just disheveled, like I said before. And who do you think else in this league, who else in this league do you think would take advantage of something like that more than Ben Bateman? Ben the boss Bateman. Ben the boss Bateman 
might just shake the kid from the very beginning if he gets too shook. Look, I'm just going to let you know who's the boss actually uh, to get their last victory. They actually broke the team's record to get that last victory. They are coming in hot. And Mark Riley's been studying, I think, more than he has ever had in any of his matches uh, beforehand. I think he's tired of the people calling him a has-been. He's tired of being the guy that nobody ever talked about, about the big five or the big four, I should say. He's tired of that. You know, that whole Roka argument where he was mad because he was picked fourth, like Riley never even get talked about in that whole situation. And the man's held the belt twice. I think he's tired of that. I think he's tired of being left out of Mount Rushmore. Let me tell you something. He was the big dog at one time when the Schmodown was in his infancy. And Riley's such a good dude, he decided to step back a little bit and let a little bit let the let the puppies come and eat at the platter. But then you know what I'm saying? The big dogs come back into the yard and he's hungry. Watch out. Look, man. Uh, all I'm gonna say is is be prepared to uh, go ahead and apologize to Shazam next week for calling uh, another bonehead play because there's no way. No way. Absolutely no not. way they're back with the boss. No, no way. No, no way. Man, matter of fact, matter of fact, I don't want to hear your garbage takes no more. <laughs> we're going to go into the next topic here. Uh, we have, obviously, we're going to move on into the next match on that same card. Founding Fathers versus Corruption. Yeah. Lando, who yes, are you sir. taking in that match? You already know who I'm taking. You already know who I'm taking. First of all, it's it's very simple. Did you not see this man go toe-to-toe with big-time Ethan Irwin last week? The man is ready. The man is prepared, okay? And you got to go founding fathers in this match. Dan Merle is on a roll, uh, and I know that he's going to get – there's one thing I know is that Dan Merle is going to stand right there with Roka, and whatever – Negative headspace Roka may be in right now. Just like we talked about Bibi Yanni pulling the kid out of, of, of the slump. Dan's going to reach across that table and he's going to reach across that the, the internet feed. He's going to say, Roka, you coming with me to victory. That's what's going to happen. Roka just came off of defending that belt. He's not going to let it go again. He's not going to let it go again. He's going to have Dammer right there. He has the GOAT. You got two Mount Rushmore players right there going against uh yeah you know chance and, and the kalinowskis and the corruptions and the shannon bar whatever it don't matter okay bar for bar roca over kalinowski and then uh merle over uh chance and then of course bobby gucci will outman uh, will, will outmanage shannon barney any day it's very easy for me founding fathers uh he, they, they, they got this they got this okay I get why you picked what you picked, right? Yes. Sir. I mean, this channel is on the Gucci verse, who is, you know, got Bobby Gucci on there. I get it. I get it. You're trying to you're trying to kiss that little butt cheek over there, the Mr. Bobby Gucci, because he's technically probably the boss, right? Like, because it's on the channel. But guess what? No. I'm not letting you get away with that, man. You because just we got the over here. The boss. We got you just over here. Lose the it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're on the next topic, Lando. And the next topic consists of not nothing to do with the, who's the boss. Right now, we're talking about this match. And you have corruption. You have Man. corruption over yes. here. That yes. for one, let me tell you something. We'll talk about this a little bit. One of the best managers in the league right now, Shannon. 
everybody there for a little while was like, oh, my God, corruption had a losing streak. And she kept telling everybody. She kept telling everyone out there that would listen, this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. And let me tell you something. They came out doing their pace, right? Their pace wasn't that quick. Some people jumped out ahead. Matter of fact, Finstock, the Finstock Exchange, jumped out ahead. She's just back there settling in, doing that little normal runner's pace. And now all of a sudden she's kicked it in. We've got to the halfway point and she started going while everybody else had jumped out in front. They're starting to fall back. People like the Den, people like the Finstock Exchange. The only one keeping pace with them right now is Swag. And, and Finstock Exchange is still up there. But neck and neck right now is corruption. And I'm telling you right now, she's done one of the best things. But the corruption has a two-and-one record against the founding fathers. That's right, against this Mount Rushmore team. We just saw what Chance did in an inner geekdom tournament, right? But we know that man doesn't necessarily want to be the inner geekdom guy. He just did that to get his team points. He only did man. that because damn world was an IG. Let me tell you something right now. All of that being said, we got, look, they have a two-and-one record. You have wow. the killer, Mike Kalinowski. Mm-hmm. You got Chance. Two yeah. of the hottest players, I think, in yeah. the league right now. And yeah. guess what we just saw? That's- we just saw a chink in that armor. We just saw Dan Merle as a five-pointer that could have won him the match without having to go to overtime. He ended up Chuck. pulling it out. He ended up pulling it out. But you know, you know what? You know what? He, you know, he, he missed that. He missed that five pointer. You miss a five pointer against corruption, you're going to lose. You miss a five pointer against Chance the Cobra, and you're going to get snake bit. I'm telling you right now, it's no, no if ands or buts. This one right here is going to be corruption. Now I think it's going to be a close match, but let me tell you something. You might. Did you think John Roca saw a little bit of Adam Collins in his play-in match? Do you think he might be looking a little ahead to? To having to face the young rookie? Maybe. No. We don't know. No, of course not, because John Roca has a belt that he needs to take care of first. He can't go outside without tripping over that thing. He knows what he knows what the priorities are. That is that's true. Like, he has it in the background, everything I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, you know have real, look, I do not want to be the guy who had like the, the, the FedEx person when he does, because eventually he'll lose it, right? Maybe they'll defend five more times in a row, but eventually they will lose that title. And I do not want to be the FedEx guy that has to go and pick that title up, right? Like, I don't want to be that guy that has to pick the box up that has John Roca's title because he might get attacked. He might get attacked. All I'm saying is, 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 is that, listen, yes, corruption has their number. Their, their, corruption is 2-1 against Founding Fathers. We can say what you want to about those matches, even though I think that some, you know, some of those matches were kind of like, really, really, really. Real quick, real quick. The time's out. The time's out. But if Corruption pulls this off and goes three and one against the Founding Fathers, oh, do we need to shake up the Mount Rushmore? That no. might be a question for next week. Y'all need to stop shaking up the Mount Rushmore, okay? You you chisel it one time in a year. You chance might come in with a chisel hammer and just mess that whole Mount Rushmore up, son. Let me tell you something. I saw the thing in his eyes. Look in his eyes. Hey, time's He's up. Crazy. Time's up, Justin. Quiet, quiet, quiet down, Justin. All right, listen. So, moving on. Now. It's been a very, very fantastic season so far, and this is the question that's on everybody's mind, and a lot of people already want to give this person, or not this person, but a lot of people have their opinions already about what, um, who is deserving of this already, and we're just going to speculate for, for quite some time. Justin, is 
Winston, manager of the year. So far, is he manager of the year? No. And it's because that's why I said I'm going to save a little piece for later. It's because Shannon Barney is the manager of the year. Shannon Barney, for one, let me tell you something. She hasn't missed on a promo this year. Everything she puts out there is just fantastic. It's her. She never seems to even come close to being out of character. Like, this woman is just, man, you know, I'm going to chef's kiss. She deserves a chef's kiss for what she's done so far this year. Not only that, but she's able to corral her team into knowing a very important thing. It's about the faction. It's about your brand. And it's, a, you know, it's about corruption. And we all sit back and go, man, why did Mike, Mike give up his chance for the IG belt? Why did he do that? Because guess what? Justin. Tally up how many points he just garnered in the IG tournament. And they on the flip side, Chance went all the way through it as well, and they faced each other. We had an all-corruption final in the IG tournament. Wrap your head around that, man. And guess what? Guess who we didn't see? Who's supposed to have like the best IG team in there because he drafted pretty much every IG player out there? Kaiser with picking Parker. Guess who we didn't see? We didn't see Parker. We didn't say any of his players like making it all the way to the end like he thought he was going to do. Yeah, good job, Kaiser. You really dropped the ball there. But let me tell you something, man. One person that hasn't dropped the ball yet is Shannon. And like I said earlier, she told everybody. She told them it's a it's a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? And she's doing it perfectly. Her horses are coming to bear as we speak. They're in this big match. They win this and get the points for winning the belt, then turn around. Both Mike and Chance go deep into the singles tournament. We're talking about her possibly almost trying to run away with this thing. So all that being said, her character, the way she's managed her players, and the way she's just done everything that she's done with this team so far. And done no, no, I'm not done. I ain't Are never done. Are we done yet? Because you're absolutely absurd and you're out your mind. You're out your mind. You need to get help. You know, last week it seemed like we agreed on everything. This week, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are anymore. You're 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 you're, you're puffing all kinds of match dragons, and I don't like it. Okay, I need you to get help. I need you to get some help. Okay, because what does a manager do? A manager takes a group of players and he elevates their level of play. When a manager comes into a person's life, that person is sitting there saying, Man, I'm I'm gonna just follow your lead and we're gonna go get greatness. And who better doing that so far than Winston Marshall? You are tripping. You are tripping. Even even Dagnino knows he can't manage at the level that Winston Marshall is managing at so far this season. Okay. Ace Cabrera surprised the world. Maybe got upset of the year with that match against Laura Kelly. And then maybe got match of the year number two in that match against Dimbalata. You know, back to back to back, he managed Ace Cabrera, who up until now was a, he was in the showdown before, but no one had gave him any hope until Winston Marshall showed up. We would have been talking about, uh, we've been talking about final exam and how well they've been playing. He told Oyama to drop the, uh, drop the jacket and let's get down to the business. And yes, unfortunately, they 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 did lose last week, but they went on they went on a hell of a run. And that's what a manager does. 
Okay, there is not one thing that listen, and you can see the investment that he has with his players. You can see that whenever those players win, he makes that player feel like they run the entire faction. You can see it. They're crying. And let's not even forget about the current IG champion. Current IG champion. Who were we just talking, you know, Kaiser, 15 interdictum players. And 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 your boy Winston said, "No, I got mine, Chandru." You can see the investment that he has with his players. You can see that, and it's arguable that no manager has been this much invested with their players since Emma Fife with the Five Club. Arguable, because if you remember that team, they they everyone came out and they said how big of uh, how big it, uh, and involved with their play Emma what? Fife was. You know what? On this topic, we both make good points. This is going to be the final caveat. This will be the thing that I'm. This is this is why I'm going. I'm going to put this on you, right? So, you picked Winston, and I said Shannon. So when the next live event happens, and we're both there, yeah. Who? I want you. You have to go tell Shannon what you thought. I have to go tell Winston what I thought. I feel very comfortable in having to go tell Winston what I thought. But if I was in your shoes, I'd be very afraid of having to go step in front of the queen of corruption, Shannon Barney, and tell her what you said. DMs are a thing, right? I can send her a DM. That's fine. No big deal. I mean, hey, hey, she might not. No, man, you might not want to slide into DMs. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. That's all right. Keep that Hey, before we get into this very last thing, I did rush through the intro because I wanted to get into the questions. That's why that our biggest thing that we heard so far with this show is that we get right into the question. So I did this on purpose. I didn't, I just want to get right back into it because it just felt like we're back, we're back to business. But remember, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, join the Patreon, all those kinds of things. With that being said, I'm shutting back up because we got a few more topics to discuss. Handball. Let me see here. So the final topic of the normal round, the, the five pointer, if you will. The feel a little bit of it's been a little bit of a hot topic. It's been a little bit of a hot topic over there. So I started a little rumblings in Facebook that you know this and that. And it's about Miss Bonnie Somerville. Oh yeah. Did she belong in the tournament? Hell no. Okay. I don't know why she was there. I have no understanding. Watching this match was the most aggravating thing I have seen quite some time watching the showdown. And the Burning Droogs should be embarrassed about the performance that she just had in that match. She came in not knowing any of the rules. She came in uh, not obviously not having been studying or anything like that. And you have an 0 in 3 record with not much to go from it. I understand Demolanta was winless going into the tournament, but you could tell the spark of greatness with Demolanta. When it came to Bonnie Somerville, and I'm and I'm really upset about this because everyone is saying, don't treat it like a sport. Don't treat it like it's a sport, but it's not a sport. No, this is a sport. What makes me so upset about the fact that the Burning Drugs submitted uh, Bonnie Somerville into this is because it's an embarrassment to the league. When it comes to the singles tournament, there's people lining up waiting for their spot to shine. You have a lot of players who weren't selected to be on a team that had been studying, reading binders, doing whatever it is, 
of fan leagues, whatever, who are waiting for their moment to enter this league in this and 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 for this moment that she is in there, blowing it away. She, she's wasting away a spot. She's wasting away a spot. I don't understand the the, the reason why she was there. Um, and like I said, I have nothing against Bunny Somerville, the person. I'm talking about the smoke show. The smoke show should have just floated on somewhere else. Go go somewhere else. That was absolutely abysmal. When you look at the match, look at the comments, people were just upset and angry. The bare minimum is to know the rules. This was her fourth match. You still don't know the rules yet? Come on, man. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Here goes the thing. I'm slightly in tune to agree with you on this one, Mr. Lando, but here goes my conundrum, okay? I think there's a little bit of confusion when it comes to the fan base, right? And how they look at and think about the movie Trivia Schmodown right now. You know, we've always been told from a long time ago that it was WWE meets trivia. And if that's the case, if that's the case, she belongs because in the WWE, it's about story. It's about entertainment. It's about like bringing the fans. It's about doing all that. If it's a WWE, we had the hurricane helms of the world. We had all these different characters throughout like the blue meanie, but for God's sakes, that never probably was ever going to win a match, especially a title but they were there for the entertainment purposes alone. Now, if it's a WWE we looking at. Now, if we're looking closer to an MMA style, where we're going into more of a sport, then I have to pretty much agree with you on that because, come on, your singles tournament. You're supposed to be in that singles tournament or trying to play into that tournament because you have a legit possibility of making your way to a number one contender shot, right? That That's what you're in there for. And we have factions here, right? So if it's a sport and you're like, well, you, you take the New England Patriots, for example, when they had, still had Tom Brady and stuff, and you're going into the Super Bowl and you're like, well, you know, or let's just say you're going into the playoffs, the first game of the playoffs, and you're like, well, we got Tom Brady here. But, you know, let's start the backup in for this game. Like, come on, people would like, crucify them out there if they did a move like that so i agree with you the burning drews made a terrible decision overall now i will say this you can't just overlook certain things you brought up the fact that she may not have prepared but i'm gonna say no i think she did prepare did she prepare the rules did she prepare on how to play the game better i don't think so because that was pretty obvious she got 17 points let me remind you something James, the Wizard White, won a miraculous comeback match in one of the play-in matches, only scoring 18. She was only one point away from that. You can't just ignore that. She improved. But here's what you were, are not going to do. You're not going to sit there and tell me that when you look at that, uh, when you look at the Burning Drugs roster right now, that there are people better suited to be in this. Here's my question. Where's JTE? Where's JTE? Where you legitimately have a former uh, tag team champion that's been sitting there this entire season. It's a digital thing. People people were saying, oh, man, you know, he's not going to be able to play because he's in wherever he is. But he can play digitally. Where is he? Hey, man, you, you made a better pick for this than JTE? Come on. Pretty, 
That's a pretty valid argument. Time ran out. I'm not done. Hold on, hold on. I am. I'm not done. I'm not done. I got one last thing I want to say. I got one last thing I want to say. I got one last thing I want to say, bro. Look at this up. For when it comes to a competitor with more than three matches played, Bonnie Somerville has the third worst score percentage of anybody else. And you know who's one and two? Tom Dagnino at 48%, I mean 46%, and then Robert Meyer Burnett at 46%. And there's Bonnie Somerville. Three matches played, minimum. Like I said, all this stuff, last time, I want to strip from the record argument because he went overtime on right here. I get it. You passed it, man. It's a passionate subject, but it's like I said, it's according to how you look at this thing. Is is it WWE meets trivia? Is it a sport meets trivia? Because that's the way you have to look at it. That's a different point of views. I think some people are just confused right now about what exactly is the way we're supposed to look at it. Man, let's get on in. Since we went a little overtime on this question, let's go ahead and go in to our overtime question. What you got? What you got, Lando? Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm still steaming off of that question. I'm still steaming up for that question. Now, here's how the overtime question works. This is sudden death. Uh, now, the way that this works is the Patreon, the Bobby Gucci Patreon that you can join, patreon.com slash Bobby Gucci. Uh, you join the Patreon, and then from there, you're able to ask us a sixth question that we don't find out about until r- literally like right now. Um, and the question that a Patreon member submitted was, Hambone, what is more important? to a player the belt whatever belt singles tag team ig free for all star wars rocky or winning the points for the faction what should take precedence okay so when you break this question down if i go with just individuals i think it's just an individual thing right like so some individuals are going to want the belt some of them is going to want to be on a winning faction so i mean as individuals but to me the most important thing to talk about here is really what is most important like what really is most important now we saw recently christian do a little points change to where it looks like there's more emphasis on winning and keeping the belts right Like he's going to up the points if you're like a champion. And I think that's something he needed to do because I had this argument before and it was basically like, why would you keep the belt? You're actually hurting your team to have the belt. If you're a champion, like if you're a Kevin uh, Smets before his finally got his match, you waited three or four months without being able to have a match to gain any points for your faction just because of the fact that we didn't have live events at the time that he could have went ahead and done his match. We didn't know what was going on. It took him so long to finally get a match. He literally kind of hurt his team. And now since he's lost it, when are we going to get a chance for him to try to get it back? May not even happen this year. He might get a match before this year is over with to earn another number one contender shot. But for him to be able to even play for a match, you telling me someone like Kevin Smets should be sitting off in the background looking at the sunset? When, and he can't help his team because he's got a belt around his waist. Like he couldn't join the tournament to earn points. He couldn't do any of that because he had a belt. So right now, it seems like the facts and stuff could, and in a lot of other ways, should be more important because it's about the team, right? Is You're building a team. You should all want to work together. And that's what Kalinowski did. That's what Shannon got Kalinowski to do because yeah. she realized that. She realized it was more important to get points for the facts. And what way to do that? It's not to even go for the belt. Now, I know 
that the points are starting to change. So maybe the philosophy changed a little bit with it. Because if you earn enough points by keeping or winning the belt, then the belt will become more important. But right now, it certainly looks like it's all about the team and the faction points. Look, I don't got much to say on this topic, but I got one. I, I, but, but I will say this. What good is winning MVP of a season and then losing the Super Bowl? What would you rather have? I'd rather get a ring. I'd rather get a ring because what I do know about a lot of these teams, these, a lot of these factions, is that they study together. They invest in each other's success, and they only do that because they look at it as they're a team now. They're a team now. So that already should tell you that the biggest shift that happened this season is that, unfortunately, the belts come second. The belts come second. The faction comes first. The teams come first. That's a whole big thing. about Why are managers such a big deal now? Because it's the team. And it's no longer about the individual accolade. Yeah, you can, I mean, of course they want you to win a belt for sure. But going back to what you were saying, Mike Kalibnowski had to gamble in going into the tournament. And that going into who you picked for the best manager of the year so far goes right into that. I'm going to say this, though, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, the way the points were looking like they're going to change towards the end of the year you possibly get like seven points for a belt win. And if you get a TKO, that's an extra point. You possibly get eight points. Look at that. That's more than if you play two match. That's more than two matches worth of points in regular matches. So then the belt becomes more important, right? Then you want to have that belt and you want to have that belt in your faction because all it does is get you a bunch of extra bonus points. So when that happens, when this points change happens, we'll see how it falls out. But right now, I agree with you. It's directly all about the faction. I think it's all about the faction no matter what. But I think in some ways the belt was hurting you in this kind of way that we're playing the game now, right? You t- Once a point change happens, though, I think that might flip-flop a little bit to where the belts are very important for your faction to win. It's still about your faction winning, but the belts become more important to keep that faction winning. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so it, it, to me it comes down to like this. It, it comes down to this. Whenever they announce the end of the year, what's, what's going to be the last for the last award that they announce? What, what they close the show up on? They're going to say, and the faction to win it all is this faction. That's how they're closing it all out. That's how they're closing it all out. Uh, unfortunately, some people don't like that. Tough. That's not what it is anymore. Okay, this is a sport. You got this is a sport. I'm looking at I'm looking at it as a sport. The the, the teams the teams come first Listen. now. But I'm his last point here. Look, if you're a member of the Burning Droogs, don't worry about the faction points. Get your belt because there's almost no what what is Vince McMahon used to walk out to back in wrestling. No chance in hell. Yeah, there's no chance that you're going to be over here and and be part of. Uh, a, a championship team. So yeah, be greedy if you're on the Drews. Be greedy because <laughs> there's the only way you're getting any kind of recognition this year is if you're for yourself. You might as well just caddy bar the doors on that team. Yeah, but that, that's that's also facts. But what is a fact is that Justin, guess what? What's up? We're done.
We're done we here. We did it. We, we did survived. It. We survived. We didn't. We didn't hit each other. You know what, man? You know what? what? I always get this confused about which way I'm supposed to go here. Uh, <laughs> we'll go this way. You know, high five. Guys, five pointer. This has been the five pointer. Thank you guys so are you, much. Are you not giving me a high five right now, man? You gonna leave are me hanging, like Andrew? Right now, what are you doing? No, I'm trying to give you a high five for like a good show, man. Like, come on, man. Not even... oh, no, I'm not doing it. Ah, oh, got him, got him. This has been the five pointer. Remember, subscribe to the Gucciverse channel. Also, join that Gucciverse Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash Bobby Gucci. Yep. I've man. been Lando Payne. That's the bitter behemoth hand-bone. This is the hard-hitting hard and quick show. If you want something a little more in-depth that goes like longer form, let's get ready to talk Schmodown Podcast. I'm also a host there. I love this show, love that show, and love Mr. Lando Payne in the Gucci-verse. Come see us inside into the Gucci-verse on Saturdays, where I'm also involved on that. That's facts. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us. And as always, uh, finger guns.